church. Come on, church of the living God. Hallelujah. You come in here evaluating and critiquing. What can you give? What can you do? How can you help? My God, if you ever see a deficit in your church, you ought to step in. My God, this church has a bright and a thriving future, amen, because the people had a mind to work in the past. And I'm hoping there's somebody out there that's still willing to work on today. How many people, any willing vessels? Send me, Lord, and I'll go. My God, any willing vessels on today? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And that wasn't the message this morning, but I felt that in my spirit. That's just straight out of heaven this morning. My God, you stop asking what this church can do for you. What can you do for the church? Sit down. Get off the bench. You're not the judge in this courtroom. Come in here critiquing. My God. Hallelujah. So many times we can find fault. I know we can find fault. Amen. But we didn't come here to find. How many people did? I didn't come to find fault. Amen. I come to hear the word. I come to help praise the Lord. I came to help lift Jesus on today. Hallelujah. Thank you. Somebody just tell God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Oh, shataya. Lord, I thank you for what I feel even right now. Lord's talking to somebody today. Let him talk to you. Let him change your heart. Let him change your mind. You stay on your post in Jesus' name. You stay on your post in Jesus' name. That's a rebuke. For somebody, not from me, but from the Holy Ghost. Amen. You stop judging your church. You ask what you can give this church. Amen. And together, we're going to see this church progress into a bright and thriving future. Amen. Agape. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning with me. I, I'm just following the Lord this morning. And I, I haven't even got into the message this morning. But I want you all to stand just in prayer with me. Um, it has not even been a week um, since all those, you know, all those babies, you know, just babies, children in an elementary school. And I mean, I, I'm a, a, you know, educated by profession, a parent. I mean, but if you're just a human, that ought to have done something. To you. you didn't even have to be able to have no other way to relate if you're just a human. And what concerns me is it hasn't even been a week. And we done got all, we've got over that. A lot of us have. We've moved on. We've just pushed that to the side because it's becoming so commonplace. But if my people call by my name, somebody got to humble themselves and pray, seek his face. Let's turn from our wicked ways. Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, Jesus, with heavy hearts on today. Lord God, there's a mother, Lord God, that still has to bury her child. There's a father, Lord God. It's looking in the empty room, Lord, even again on today. Hey, Yamashataya. Lord God, we cry out, Lord Jesus. The evil in this land, Lord God, has got our attention on today. Ashaya. Father, Lord, I pray that you would help all those grieving, grieving people, Lord, in Texas, even right now. Every parent at that school, Lord God. I'm asking you, God, don't let them, Lord, waste away from the inside, Lord, and turn bitter, Lord. Give them somebody to talk to. Heal the broken heart, Lord. Don't let them keep it all bottled up inside, Lord. I, hey, God, I pray you be a comfort to each one of those parents and family members and 
brothers and sisters, Lord God. I, hey, we hold them up, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we all we in Indianapolis, there's no distance in prayer, Lord. Father, Lord, I know what it's like to have a classroom of kids, Lord. How devastating that would be. I know what it's like as a parent, Lord. But, Lord, we as the church, Lord, we're concerned today about the evil in this land, Lord. I pray, God, that you would turn people away from violence and from evil, God. Stop, Lord God, these young men, Lord. We pray for all those in New York as well, God. Just at a grocery store, shopping, Lord God, as many of us do. Lord God, I pray that you would even help all those families, Lord God, that are dealing, Lord God, with their family members that have fallen victim, Lord, to all the violence. Heal our land, Jesus. Come on, somebody ask God, heal our land, Lord. Heal our land, Lord. Heal our land, Lord. Father, Lord, we realize this is more than just a Republican or Democrat issue, Lord. We can't make this blue or red, Lord. This is a God issue. We need you. We need you. We need you, Lord. Help, Lord. Help, Jesus. Somebody ask God to help. Help, Lord. Father, if you heal us, we will be healed. Lord, if you help us, we know we're going to be all right. These are other blessings we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Come on and give God thanks today. I believe God hears prayers. That it affected me. Lord, we thank you on today. Amen, amen. All right, let's get into the word. I appreciate you all just getting on board with me. Amen, ain't nothing wrong. Let's get together and pray about some of these issues. Amen. It don't always take a whole long time, but, you know, just send up a prayer. Man, I couldn't imagine what it would be like, you know. All right, let's go in, in our Bibles today. Numbers chapter number 22. Numbers 22. Lord, we thank you. Numbers 22. And again, it's so good to see all the visitors here on today. Amen. I enjoyed you, um, the young lady's testimony. You look all right, baby. I like your red. Amen. Glad to have you today. All right, Numbers 22, and verse number uh, one will read on on today, amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, and the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on the side Jordan by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. Verse 4, And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up, look up all that are round about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at this time. Go ahead, you read verse 5. which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Preadventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot that he whom thou blessed is blessed, and he whom thou curses is cursed. Lord, help us on today. Lord God, give me the words to speak to these people. Lord, let it be your words and not mine. 
in Jesus' name. Bless the word today. Amen, amen. Amen. You can be seated at this time. I want to uh, speak to you, preach to you from this uh, uh, topic on today, an irreversible blessing. An irreversible blessing. Amen. Now, I know that might sound trite and uh, you know, some of you all deep people in the room, you know, we, this is not necessarily a prosperity message, but nonetheless, I felt this from the Holy Ghost on today, irreversible blessing, so I'm not backing up on that. If you just stay with God, how many know there's an irreversible blessing that is on the people of God? And if you just will stay on the winning team, if you just stay with God, you will be blessed. Amen? You're going to be blessed with God's people. There is a blessing that is on the people of God, and if you would just not jump ship, jump ship and you stay on the winning team, you're going to be blessed, and you're going to make it. How many people know you're going to make it? Yeah. Amen. How, how many people? I'm over here to stay, Lord, till I die. Am I talking to anybody? Anybody over here to stay? Yeah. All right. Then these are, these are the people I'm talking to today. There's an irreversible blessing. The first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they're referred to the Pentateuch. Um, these are the books of Moses, the, the books of the Torah, um, these are the first five books of your Old Testament, and we can read in the book of Exodus and how it records Israel's escape out of 400 years of captivity, enslavement. They were trapped in the land of Egypt, and God miraculously brings these people out of the Red Sea. Isn't God all right? God is good, my Lord. They come through the Red Sea, and they go uh, to Mount Sinai, where they, uh, you know, the scripture tells us the Lord appeared to them in such a spectacular, dreadful way. Moses goes up into the mountain, into the cloud, and he receives the law. But the people, what do they do? They rise up to play. They get in trouble. And so we can read about, about the first year in Exodus of them coming out of 400 years of being slaves in Egypt. And then we can go another month in in the book of Leviticus. All right, so now we hear about a year and a month's time in the book of Leviticus. The Lord is setting up a priesthood, all right, and he's giving the law to the priest, and he's giving the law to the nation of Israel. And so these two books, they're covering about a year and a little bit more time of uh, Israel's history as a fresh um, people coming out of slavery. all right? And so then we can go after that, we can go to the book of Numbers. Now, Numbers is going to show us about 38 years, over 38 years of history. These people wandering in a wilderness, all right? And some of you all, when you hear the book of Numbers, you might automatically get in intimidated. I wasn't good at math in school, so when you hear Numbers, you already shut down, you know, put your little ear pods in and you're done, all right? But it's called Numbers probably because Moses, he took a census of the people, all right? He took a census, a military census primarily because he wanted to see how many people could go and fight to take the promised land. The Lord had promised them a land, but it wasn't without a fight. Amen? And I'm here to tell you something today. The Lord's promised you some things, but you, don't, you shouldn't think that it's going to come without opposition. Amen? What you have been promised often comes with the fight. Amen? How many people know you got to press your way through? You don't just waltz into heaven, you know, and just live happily ever having to walk into heaven. Amen? There's some trials, some circumstances, some tribulations, some things that you, there's some people that are going to get in your way. Amen? And you got to have some strength and be ready to fight. Amen? Now, the Hebrew title of the book gives us a clear idea of what the book of Numbers is all about. And the Hebrew is not called Numbers, it's called In the Wilderness. And so we see this people, God's people, Israel, in the wilderness, and, but they are a stiff-necked people. The Bible calls them a stiff-necked, hard-hearted, even rebellious people. Amen? 
And these people have um, turned, because of them being so stiff-necked, what was a two-week foot-long or foot journey, just on foot, you could have got there in two weeks to the promised land, and now you're wandering in the, in the uh, wilderness for 40 long years. My God, that's a message right there. Some of us have been, you know, wandering through our little wilderness for a whole long time. You get there a whole lot quicker, amen, if you just surrender over to the Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody bumped your head, took you a whole, you, already, you should have been there in your 20s, you in your 30s and still ain't got there yet. My God, all right, all the 30-year-olds, I didn't mean to offend you, amen, but... God trying to tell you something on today. We get there a whole lot quicker. Amen. But the Lord allows these people to go through the wilderness to process some things out of them. This was not a place of destination. The wilderness wasn't a destination for the people. The wilderness didn't have enough to sustain the people. The wilderness, it wasn't just completely dry, but it didn't have enough for them to be sustained there. It was a temporary place. Amen. So don't make a temporary place. There's another little message there. Don't make a temporary place your home. How many people know that this world you're living in right now, this is not my home? Somebody, you ought to just tell yourself, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through on my way to the promised land. How many people got heaven in view and heaven in mind and on their way to heaven? Somebody give God praise right there today. All right, the first 25 chapters, it shows us this first generation in the book of Numbers, this first generation is coming out of slavery, uh, stiff-necked, hard-hearted people. And then the latter end of the book of Numbers, it shows the second generation finally beginning to get things together and finally being able to come into the promised land. And even this book is so important that even New Testament writers, they draw on the examples. Even Paul drew on the example uh, are the examples that are written in the book of Numbers. Yeah. We can go to 1 Corinthians 10 and 5. Let me just set this up for a minute. Y'all just learn a little bit on today. How many people know it's important to study your word and to study your Bible? Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse number 5. But with many of them, he refers back to these people in Numbers, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent. We should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written to the people, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Come on, let me just read for a little while. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day. Three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Amen. There is a blessing for the people of God if you would just avoid these things and stay on the winning team. My God. Verse number 10. Neither murmur ye. Stop murmuring and complaining as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Verse 11. Now all these things happened unto them for examples and are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, you that think you stand so sure, take heed, lest ye fall, or he fall. Verse number 13, come on, y'all, read it. There have no temptation taken you. Come on. Everything that you're going through, you ain't the first person that's been through that. You ain't the first person who's been tempted to walk away from the true and the living God. You ain't the first person that's had your back against the wall. There is no take, temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Come on, somebody. But God is what? God is what, y'all? God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted. My God, above that you're able, but will with the temptation. What did it do for somebody? 
he'll make a way to escape. Somebody ought to give God praise right there. Thank God every building in the city of Indianapolis, is, if it's up to, to code, it's got an escape route. We got enough exits for everybody in this room right now to get out. Y'all on that side, you ought to run out that, that door. Montreal, Kayla, I'll take that exit if I was you, amen. Sitting in the back, I'll go out that side. When the enemy has you under pressure, when the enemy has you going through temptation, there is a way to escape, my God. And there's enough exits for every last one of you all to get out, my God. He ain't got nobody trapped. He ain't got nobody just sitting there without a way to get out. You can get out if you want to. Somebody give God praise today. Somebody praise him like you really believe it. You ain't got to fall. You don't have to falter. My God, God does have a way for us to escape. Amen. And so he draws on the book of Numbers. All of these stories are written for our admonition. Amen. They're written for examples to us so that we can see the way to live and so that we can see some things that we ought to avoid. Amen. I don't know about you, but I look at other people's life and some of the mistakes I see other people make, I'm like, not, not going to do that. I ain't going that way. If I watch you go to a car lot and buy a lemon, I ain't going there. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> I, I remember I, my brother bought a car, and I mean, that thing was a lemon. No, I didn't follow him. Right. Amen. And then some of us, we got we to gotta look out, and we look at these examples, and there's some things that we should be able to avoid. Amen. Because of the word of the Lord. So here we are, y'all, today in the book of Numbers, all the way over in chapter number 22. Amen. And at this point, Israel, y'all listening? He's on, they're on the move now. They're on the move. They're progressing. These people have grown, and they've become stronger and a mighty people. Amen? From just a few people now, they have grown tremendously. All right? And they're progressing forward. They've gone through nearly almost 40 years in the wilderness at this point. I mean, they, they, at the beginning, they're towards the end, at the brink of the promised land. And the Lord has allowed these people to have some victories yep. over smaller yep. people along the way. And he's preparing these people to go in and to possess the promised land for the Canaanites. And so he gives them little victories along the way. And the people are getting stronger and getting more mighty. And so they go and they progress forward. And the scripture tells us they go into the land of Moab. And we're in verse, our chapter number 22 and verse number 1. Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on the side of Jordan in front of Jericho. And there was a king by the name of Balak, the son of Zippor. And he saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Amen. And Moab was sore afraid of the people. Got so afraid when he looked up. Saw all these people. I can imagine him looking at this great horde of people, this great company that's coming in. They're going to eat up all of our food. They're going to come in and take up all yeah. of our resources. Yeah. They're going to come in and just destroy us. i got to have somebody to do something about that. And so the scripture tells us, well, listen, actually, if Balak had really known and believed the word of the Lord, he would have never had no reason to fear. Go on over here just for a second. Let's do a little quick Bible study. Deuteronomy chapter number 2 and 9. The Lord had already told the people not to go in and mess with the Moabites. This land ain't for you. And the Lord, look, if he had known the word of the Lord, how many people know there's a benefit in knowing the word of the Lord? There's some things that you're afraid of right now that you don't even have to fear if you had known the word of the Lord and believed the word. It would have saved you a whole lot of sleepless nights. It would have saved you a whole lot of anxiety and a whole lot of trouble if you just had known the word of the Lord. So here Balak 
Habakkuk is worried about something. If he had just looked yeah. back and known the word written in Deuteronomy 2 and 9, and the Lord said unto me, distress not the Moabites, don't mess with them, neither contend with them in battle, for I will not give thee of their land for a possession, because I have given R unto the children of Lot for a possession. This ain't your land. Don't mess with these people at all. But Balak, what does he do? In fear, he calls for a man by the name of Balaam. He knew one of those men. I, I know somebody. He has somebody in his back pocket. You know you got some cards. Maybe you got a plumber, you know. You got a, uh, uh, somebody to work on your heating and air condition. You got a few cards that you put up. Maybe some folks, yeah, yeah. good context, a, a, a person that just does a jack of all trades that could come and work on some things for you. Well, he has somebody in his back pocket. Maybe he had a little card written down somewhere. I got to send for a man yeah, yeah. by the name of Balaam. I got him. Balaam was a man with spiritual powers. He was a soothsayer. He was a man that practiced divination. He was a witch doctor, if you will. Amen? He was a person who was a wicked prophet, but not necessarily a false prophet. Amen? He was wicked, but sometimes he would speak the truth now. All right? But certainly Balak, he knew all about his reputation. He had, this man had a reputation. In verse 6, he said, Whoever you bless, boy, is blessed. And whoever you curse, is cursed. Go on up here and Curse these people for me, my God. And so I can imagine here he goes and he sends off his elders, get some people on together, get them all dressed and ready. And the scripture tells us that he puts rewards uh, for divination within his head. We're going to pay Balaam off. We're going to hook him up if he can just come and curse this great mighty people. But how many people know that you can't curse God's people? Does that excite anybody to know? Or does that convince anybody in the room to stay on the winning team? Just to know that can't nobody curse you. You ought to give God praise for that on today. Hallelujah. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with rewards of divination. I mean, uh, I think chapter number, what is this, 23 and 7, I believe. And he spake, or 22, I'm sorry, and spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, lodge here this night. Just stay the yeah. night with me on tonight. That sounds pretty good. Woo, you got a nice reward for me. I'm thinking cha-ching, cha-ching. I can see the money signs begin to go off in uh, ba Balaam's mind right now, in his eyes. And he sees the money. He says, stay the night. Now, this might have been a wicked prophet, but nonetheless, he was still a praying prophet. Mm. Now, I'm going to let y'all do your little Bible study and work all these little disagreements out. Amen? But... Anyway, and that's what the word says. He's a wicked prophet, but nonetheless, he went up and met before God that night. Amen. And the Lord comes back and tells him in verse number 12. And God said unto Balaam, thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people. For what, y'all? They are what, y'all? How many know people know you're blessed today? My God, this is a blessed people. My God, so don't go up with these people. And so Balak probably, or Balaam being very disappointed, he all of a sudden, the little money signs go out of his eyes. He has to calm his little self down. You know, he's like, oh, Lord, you know, I can't go up because he had enough sense to realize might have been wicked, might have practiced divination, might have been uh, fooling around in the curious arts and doing all this mess. But he had enough sense to know I can't curse God's people unless God gives me some permission. Amen. So he tells him, feeling real disappointed. Ain't no point in me going out. Y'all need to go on home because I can't do anything. And so off they went. And they go back, the story tells us, to King Balak. And King Balak is extremely disappointed. And he says, well, one more time. Let's get some people a little bit better than the first group to come this time. In verse number 15, and Balak sent yet again princes, more and more honorable than they. Amen. Some of y'all, y'all need to be concerned when, about flattery. 
when people start to flatter you and tell you all these good things about you and try to tickle your ears. I mean, usually something behind that. And so they come in. He brings more honorable men. And they came to Balaam and said unto him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming. I'm going to give you a very great place of honor. Whatever you ask, whatever you ask of me is what I'm going to give you. Whatever you need. And so all of a sudden again, I can imagine in Balaam's eyes again, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. I'm going to make this money. Maybe by chance the Lord has changed his mind about these people. Maybe by chance they've been disobedient. Or maybe these children of God have gotten on the Lord's nerves and upset God. And maybe this time if I go again to the Lord, these people will be cursed. Stay in the night with me, woman. Now, don't go run off with that money. Hold on to that just for a minute. Let me go see what the Lord will say about this. And so he goes again in the night. And he communes and talks with the Lord. And the scripture tells us in verse number 20. If the men, the Lord says, if the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shall you do. So all of a sudden, Balaam was like, oh boy, I can imagine. I get to go with the people. Y'all hear me? He's excited this time. I get to go with the people, you know. But little does he know, God don't change his mind. God already got a plan in mind, but Balaam don't know all this. God ain't changed his mind about the people, but he's excited about the prospect of making some more money. We can read about Balaam, this greedy man, even in New Testament writers. We can go real quick to 2 Peter chapter number 2. Amen. Let's go there just for a quick moment in verse number 15. They followed the way of Balaam, the son of Besor. What, what did he love? Y'all ain't helping me. What did he love? The wages of, not the ways, the wages, cha-ching, the wages of unrighteousness. Amen. Y'all better watch out. Amen. I mean, money answereth all things, but money is also what? The root of all evil. Amen. You better balance that thing out. You know, it's all out. We can't stand to be blessed. Amen. As soon as we get a little job, get a little car, get a nice something. As soon as the business takes off, we don't see you no more. Amen. The church, what did Bishop say? That same car, when you was in the hoopty, the car could pull you up to church. But now you're in a nice car. We won't see you no more. <laughs> you got that. It is nice weather. You got the convertible down. You got other places to be. You ain't got time for church. Amen. Money. Watch out. What is Jude? Uh, chapter 1, of course, is just one chapter. Verse 11. What does it say? Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and what? Ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for a reward. So here, this little greedy man, he hears the word of the Lord that I get to go with the people. Uh, and he saddles up his ass the next day. Amen. The Bible says that. Don't get mad at me. Gets on his donkey, y'all, and he saddles up the very next morning. He rides off with the princes of Moab. And he's excited about going, thinking about making this money. And I'm thinking about maybe the Lord has changed his mind about these people. And so the scripture says he gets on his donkey, and I can imagine him riding down, down the street on his way to curse the people and to go before Balak. And the scripture tells us that all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appears waving a sword. And I'm paraphrasing this on today, but just stick with me for a minute. Waving a sword, and all of a sudden, the donkey sees this. And I can imagine the donkey starts carrying on, hee-hawing and doing his thing. And all of a sudden, Balaam begins to beat the donkey. And the donkey's hee-haw, hee-haw, hee-haw. And he, the donkey all of a sudden stops for a minute. Balaam is mad at beating him and carrying on. And all of a sudden, the donkey gets back on course. He moves ahead a little bit. Don't want to move forward. 
but I'm going to go ahead on and just inch my way, probably moving a little slower pace than what he's done before. And what's the scripture say? He sees the angel again. And this time he's like, oh, no. And he's in a little place, like, probably look like this. And all of a sudden he backs on to the side and he smashes uh, Balaam's foot against the wall. And all of a sudden, Balaam, what does he do? Beats him again. I can imagine the donkey, hee-haw, hee-haw. <laughs> it's, I mean, I can imagine this being a, a crazy story, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, he gets back on the donkey again. Or he's riding again, and the donkey takes off. Probably really don't want to move this time. You know, and the donkey sees one more time this angel waving the sword. Sees it in the distance, and this time the scriptures of the donkey just fell to the ground. Balaam, what he's going to be, an arrogant man, a greedy man, got somewhere to be. You hold me up for making this money. What's your problem, donkey? You better get up, beat the donkey again. And this time the donkey, hee-haw, but the Lord opened his mouth. And this time he said, hee-haw, oh, why are you hitting me, Balaam? <laughs> oh, no. Have a man, have I ever, I've been your donkey for how long? How, I, I can imagine being something you've seen on Shrek or something, you know, a little talking donkey. Have I ever did, did you like this? Have I ever done you wrong like this? And all of a sudden, the scripture tells us that his eyes, Balaam's eyes, were open. The blinders are taken off of his eyes. And suddenly, he sees what the donkey sees. How the donkey, you're supposed to be a seer. You're supposed to be a, 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 a man that does practices divination. You're supposed to be a sorcerer and all these things. How the donkey seeing something you don't see? But the Lord opened his eyes and the angel begins to speak to him. Don't you know if you had not, this donkey hadn't stopped you, that I would have killed you and spared the donkey alive? And this just bears a question on today. For all you out there, which donkey has the Lord allowed to be in your life? Has the Lord put a donkey on your path to destruction. You know about that. You was already ready to go to the wild party. You was dressed and ready to go. Had your little low-cut blouse on, your little shorts on. You know, you were ready to go out and do everything that you was big enough and bad enough to do. And all of a sudden, you got in the car. Hee-haw! <laughs> car won't start. You better thank God that car didn't stop. Could have messed around and lost your life. Amen. You know, thank God for every donkey that he puts in our way. Every time that he gives us a moment to pause and to reflect. Some of you upset, you got stood up. You got yourself all dressed up, ready to go hang out with the fellas, do everything. You was ready to go. And all of a sudden, you know what? They just stood you up and left you just sitting there out with your, with your clothes on. You was all dressed, ready to go, took a shower and everything. Man, you ain't did that in a couple days. And, <laughs> and you got it, and all of a sudden, they didn't pick you up. You better thank God. Amen. They didn't pick you up. You ought to thank God for every every praying mother, every praying father, every pastor, every elder, every teacher, every preacher, every Sunday school teacher, every individual that the Lord has placed in your way while you were headed on your path to destruction. They stopped you from going. They caused you. They prevented you from making shipwreck. They prevented you from having a disaster. You ought to praise God for every time your mama wouldn't let you go. Don't you go home and call your mama a donkey or nothing, but you better, you get knocked upside the head, but you better praise God for mama didn't let you go and daddy just said, no, sit your tail down. You ain't going nowhere on tonight. Somebody give God praise. Thank God for every unlikely source. You thought you was going to hang out with your friend. Your friend at school had enough sense. You've been up. You was a pew baby. 
raised up on the pew. And here your friend told you, no, I ain't going there, girl. No, nah, nah, boy, I ain't going there. Something wrong with you. Thank God. God puts things in our way as we're headed to trouble because he loves us. And he, how many people know God loves you and that he's concerned about you and that he's got a blessing for your life if you just stay in the way? Somebody give God praise on today. Hey, hey, hey. Somebody give God praise. I know you disappointed you couldn't go to everything that everybody else wanted to go to. Thank God for that donkey. Amen. Hey, man, some of you all, you know, you arguing with your wife about making, trying to get you to come to church and things. Hey, man, be quiet. Call her all kind of things. You know, be quiet. Hey, man, that girl trying to get you, trying to prevent you from losing your soul. My God, thank you. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For every talking donkey. My God. Balaam finally arrives this time in Balak. He, when he finally gets to King Balak, so he's on his way. He's got humbled. The angel speaks to him and says, boy, you better not, whatever you can go, but whatever I, the Lord tells you to say, you, that's the only thing you better say. Don't you say nothing more. Don't you say nothing less. Don't you be sugarcoating it and add more to it. Whatever the Lord speaks is what you better say. All right. So Balaam gets down here. The scripture tells us we're in verse number 37. And Balak said unto Balaam, did I not earnestly send unto thee and call thee? Why hast thou not come unto me? Ain't I able to bless you? Boy, couldn't I hook you up? Don't you know who I am? I'm Balak. Don't you know the things that I got? You see all these princes and different things that I've sent to you? Don't you know that I could have given you all these things? And so after a little bit of sacrifice, after impressing Balaam a little bit and taking him up to the high places of Baal, again, Balaam is convinced. Amen. He's going to go and appear before the Lord Yet again, all right? So we're in Numbers chapter 23, y'all. Just stay with me as we travel through the word of the Lord. And Balaam said unto Balak in verse number 3, 23 and 3, Stand by the burnt offering. Balak, you go over there. We're going to offer up again. We're going to build seven altars this time. And we're going to build, we're going to, on every one of the altars, we're going to offer a bullock and a ram, all right? And the Lord, the scripture says in verse number 5, he went up alone into this place and talks to the Lord. And the scripture tells us in Balaam's mouth. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, return unto Balak and thus shalt thou speak. Now, you might think that's strange that the word, the Lord will put a word in a wicked prophet's mouth. But don't you know God can use anybody? Now, you just read how the Lord used a donkey. And don't be so surprised. The Lord just used a donkey in the last chapter. And now he's using a wicked prophet. And Balaam, he gets down there and he begins to bless Israel. Listen to what he says. He was sent up to do one thing, have one job to curse the people. But by the time the Lord gets done with him, listen to what he says. Verse 8, why should I curse one whom God has not cursed? My, my, my. And why should I denounce one whom the Lord has not denounced? Who am I? For from the top of the rocks I have seen him, and from the hills I beheld him. Behold a people that shall dwell in confidence and shall not be counted among the Gentiles, who shall count the dust of Jacob and the number of the fourth part of Israel. Let my soul die the death of the righteous, and let my last end be like his. Verse 11, then Balak said unto Balaam, why hast thou done this unto me? I took you to curse these people. And behold, you bless them all together. How many in this room know you're blessed? And whatever God has blessed, it can't be cursed. How many glad that there's an irreversible blessing on the people of God? Somebody give God praise right there. Irreversible blessing. This song, you blessed 
in the city, in the field, when you come, when you go. My God, somebody ought to give God praise and thanks. My God. But Balak, he ain't done. He gets the word, and you think that he would just feel like he's washed up, but he comes back to Balaam. Come on, Balaam, just one more time. I'm going to take you up to another place this time, and maybe you won't be able to see all the people from this place. And listen to what he says. We're in verse number uh, 14. And he brought him to the field of Zophim and to the top of Pisgah and built seven altars again. And on every altar he offers a bullock and a ram. Verse 15, and he said unto Balak, stand here by the burnt offering while I meet with the Lord uh, yonder. And the Lord met Balaam again, and he put a word in his mouth and said, go again unto Balak and thus say. So he gets down from the mountain, and I can imagine him probably feeling a little disappointed, knowing he ain't going to make no money off of this one. And this time, it's probably done sunk in. It's just, I'm done trying to make some money. And he gets down, the scripture says, rise up, Balak, my God, and hear. Hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. The words of this famous scripture, God is not a man. These are the words that the prophet speaks back to the king who has sent him to curse him. God is not a man. And I'm here to tell somebody today in this room, God is not a man like you and me. There might be some promises that I make along the way. There might be some things that I promise you. I might tell you a certain time and I'm going to get there. And something might pop up and I might not be able to get there. I might come, come down sick, wake up, have a cold, have a stomachache, have something I'm going through that particular day. But how many people in this room know that God is not a man? He don't have problems and issues like you and me. Amen. He don't never call off sick. You ain't got to ever worry about God ever changing his mind about something. God ain't like a man that's going to run into some, to some problems that are going to prevent him from getting where you are. How many are thankful to know that God is not a man? He ain't a man like you and me. Not a man that he should lie. I know some of you all in this room, you've been disappointed by people who have lied to you, who have made promises, promises to you that haven't kept their promises. But God is not a man that he lied. God is, this ain't no, some scam that the Lord is trying to run. This isn't some just pretense or something that we just fabricated and just made up that we're trying to do on today. God is not a man that he lied, neither the son of man that he would repent. I know some of you all, including myself, We've had failures along the way. We've had setbacks along the way. We've had, we've faltered. But how many people are thankful to know there is never a reason for God to have a change of heart or a change of mind? God does not, he's not a man that he lied, nor the son of man that he will repent. Whatever he said, God is going to do. Somebody give God praise. Are there any believers in the house today? Are there any believers in the house today? My God, my God. Tabo Shataya. I'm so thankful to know God ain't a man. Some of y'all, y'all done had a whole lot of men and women that let you down, caused problems, forsaken you, walked out on you. Some of y'all right now dealing with all kind of issues, deep-seated issues, issues of abandonment negligence, parental negligence, all of those things that we carry through life, things that have happened to us that we carry through life. And a lot of times the things that happen to us at a young age cause us to see the world through that lens. You filter everything through anger now because of 
what your daddy did or what your mama did or somebody leaving you hanging some time before. And now every time you disgruntled and every time you look at things, you already on one. You know, people walk, you always fussing and always fighting. You always seeing things. You can't never, you, uh, you get mad at every person who sees the world with rose. Why are you looking at the bright side of things? Amen. Because you've been let down before, but I dare somebody in the room to try Jesus, to try Jesus, to try Jesus. Somebody in the room needs to try Jesus and you know that God is not a man that he lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it and shall he not do it? How many are glad to know that God does everything that he said he's going to do? I want somebody just to know right now and get excited that God will dot every I. He'll cross every T. He won't leave you hanging. He won't back out on you. He won't just leave you out there in the cold. He won't be a negligent father. He loves you and he cares about you. And you ought to give God praise for it today. Behold, the next scripture says, behold, my God. If I was down in Mississippi, they say, look at here, look at here. Look at him. Look at him. Anybody? We got some southern people in the room. Amen. Maybe if I was up north, they say, check it out. Check it out. But we're going to use the King James Version today. Behold, Balaam tells Balak, I have received a commandment to bless, and he hath blessed. There is an irreversible blessing. Hey, if you would just stay in the way of God. If you just walk with God, there is an irreversible blessing that is in your life. And I dare you to just to give God praise for it by faith right now. Behold, I have received commandment to bless. And he hath blessed. And I can't do nothing about it. I, I can't stop it. If I wanted to do something about it, I couldn't do nothing about it. I, I cannot reverse it. Somebody give God praise for irreversible, irrevocable blessing that can't nobody do nothing about. There ain't no demon in hell that can stop this blessing, my God, on the people of God. You ought to know that you're going to heaven. You're going, you're, you're pressing your way, amen? You ain't going to get to the end of living a life of faith and not have a reward on the other side. How many are pressing your way and staying on the hallelujah side? If you just stay with God, there is an irreversible, irrevocable blessing on your life. Give God one more praise. My God, that excites me to know that can't nobody snatch it out of my hand. Can't no demon in hell hold me back. If the witch doctor got a hold of some of your hair, you ain't got to worry, child of God. You are a blessed person, and you ought to praise God for it. You ought to tell yourself, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. My God. Some of y'all, you scared of all this sorcerers and all this mess out there. You ain't got no reason to fear. Some little voodoo man got made a little doll looking like you ain't. You can rest easy. I'm so glad you got that little doll. That's a cute little doll. I ain't got nothing to fear. I'm a blessed person. I'm blessed by the best. Can't nobody reverse it. Can't nobody stop it. It's irrevocable. It's irreversible. The blessing of the Lord on my life. One more time. Bless the name of Jesus today. Somebody praise him like you're blessed right now. Somebody stop patty caking God and praise him like you're blessed. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I'm on my way to heaven. 
I'm not talking, I'm not selling anybody a brand new car. I know you might look at your life right now and you might have a little disappointment from time to time. You might go out to the car like, like me, you got that old, little old car that you have to jump into, but you're blessed. My God, some of you all, you might have look in your closet and you might not be satisfied with your wardrobe, but I'm telling you, child of God, you are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. My God. You might look in your bank account and you might not see uh, the number that you want to see, but you're blessed anyhow. You might feel a pain in your body, but you're still blessed. You're blessed because you're on your way to heaven. God's got his hand on you. You got a spiritual blessing. My God. And if you just suffer with him down here, uh, you're going to reign with him. Somebody give God the praise. If you just suffer a little while, if you just stay with God, somebody help me praise God right now. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Somebody help me change this atmosphere in here. Give somebody a, a different lens to see three things through. Lord, take somebody up on the mountain so they can see the life from your perspective. Somebody disappointed with their life right now. You are blessed. 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 My God, if I just stay right there and just preach that a little while, or you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. If I just sit, stood there and just sustain that line, you're blessed until it resonates in your soul. My God. Oh, Shia. Oh, yeah, Lord. Hot time. Oh, yeah. Yes, God. Oh, yes, God. Hi, yeah. Yeah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse number 25, and Balak said unto Balaam, well, neither curse them at all. Man, you done did a bad job. I done sent you out. I had your card. I ain't telling you. Boy, I'm going to write a report in the Better Business Bureau about you, Balaam. You do it running business like this. Then I tell you I can give you a, a place of honor. Balak very frustrated. If you can't curse them all, he says, well, at least don't bless them. And listen to what he says, verse 26. But Balaam answered and said unto him, told not I thee, saying, all that the Lord speaketh, that must I do. So Balak, one last little ditch effort. He tries again. Going up here one more time. And he gets the word. And this time, verse, uh, chapter number 24 and verse number 1. And when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he went not as other times to seek for enchantments. You're like, I ain't no point in me getting out my magic. <laughs> ain't no point in me trying to get out my spell book and all these things. I might as well go and put this because the Lord is determined to bless these people. But he set his face toward the wilderness. And Balaam speaks yet another blessing over easy, Israel again, my God. Balak is now hot with anger. Let's go to verse number 10 as we finish this story. And Balak's anger was kindled against Balaam. And he smote his hands together. And Balak said unto Balaam, I call thee to curse mine enemies. And behold, thou hast blessed them all together. These three times, my God, not just blessed them once, but you blessed them three times. We don't call the wrong man for the God. Therefore now flee thou from this place. Get up out of here. Balaam, gone somewhere. The Lord has kept thee back. You done missed out on this money. The Lord has, you done missed out on this privilege. That's all right. And I ain't in trouble with God right now. That's all right. And Balaam said unto Balak, spake I not also to thy messengers, which sent unto me, saying, If Balak would give me the, his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the commandment of the Lord. I'm here today to tell somebody, at, before I take my seat on today, that God's people are blessed. How many people know you are a special people? 
that sometimes you might have gotten beaten up this week, beaten up by life, beaten up on your job, and you might forget who you are. I just want to take a little time out. Time out, y'all. Press the pause button on your life just for a minute just to remind you that you are a chosen generation. Anybody believe that? I can't hear you. Anybody believe that? Now, if you don't believe it, just sit on in your seat and be quiet. Ain't no point in you fronting and you don't believe who you are. And you're going to walk out of here and get your behind whooped by the enemy as soon as you walk out of here. You ain't even got off the parking lot. You already defeated in your mind. Amen. But I'm just talking about somebody to grab hold of this thing and somebody to declare with me, I'm blessed. I know I ain't got all the clothes and the car and the thing I want. I know everything ain't just all my ducks ain't in a row, but I'm still blessed, my God. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. How many know your royalty? A royal priest, a holy nation, a peculiar people to show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I dare somebody stand to your feet and praise the Lord with me right now. Come on, chosen generation. Where are you at? Where you at? Where you at, holy nation? Where you at, peculiar people? Where you at, those that are praising him for bringing you out of darkness? Might not have, not have everything I want, but I'm not in darkness no more. Might not have the job that I want, but I'm not in darkness no more. Hey! Might not have all the clothes I want, but I'm not in darkness no more. Might have to get in this hoopty, but I'm not in darkness no more. Come on and give God praise. He's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's another blessing on the people of God. James 1 and 12, before I take my seat. Blessed is the man that endured temptation. For when he is tried, what's he going to get y'all? He shall receive. Come on, a what? Come on, somebody who's enduring temptation. Give God some praise. Your crown of life is on its way. My God. Just give me a moment of time, a little bit more. Let me go to Matthew right now. Matthew chapter number five. Because somebody in here don't know that they bless. It don't look like you bless according to your eyes. My God. According to your filter. Let me give you a new filter right now. Let me change your lens right now. You need to take off them glasses. Maybe I need to give you a thicker lens. My God. <laughs> Remind me of one of my family members. Boy, that boy has some thick glasses, my brother. <laughs> Rest his soul. I love my brother, but with them thick glasses, bam. <laughs> he couldn't see that, you know, and, and he would laugh. He was here. Don't get mad. That's my family. You can talk about your own family. Don't you talk about my family. <laughs> but that boy couldn't even see the big E, you know. But when he got them glasses on, he was cool. He was good. So what I want to do right now for somebody in here, I want to give you some thick frames and to carry these heavy lenses right now. Because you need to see that you are a blessed people. You are blessed. 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 Somebody came in here, oh, just wandered in this place and plopped down on the purple pew, not knowing that they were a child of the king. My God. All right, Jesus. I can hear the words of Jesus saying, Matthew chapter number 5 and verse 4. My God, I know somebody might have gone through some loss this year. And you might be mourning, but the scripture tells us, Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn, my God, for they shall be comforted. Somebody praise him right there. I know that you've been going through some things and had to keep yourself humble. But Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. My God, I know that you've been just suffering and going through some things right now. But Jesus says also, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. 
I know that you've been having a hard time showing other people mercy. Anybody been there before? Folk getting on your nerves, pressing all of your buttons, but you kept on showing mercy. There's a blessing over those type of people. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I know you've been having trouble keeping your heart clean, child of God, but blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what, y'all? Anybody want to see God? Anybody excited about those things? I want to see God, my God. I know you've been having trouble keeping peace in your home and peace on your job and peace with your family, my God. But the scripture says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called what? My God, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is what? Now, I didn't come promising nobody a big house. I didn't promise nobody a Bentley right now. But the scripture does give you a promise, promising you heaven if you would stay on the side with Jesus, if you stay on the winning team. How many one more time don't mind just declaring one more time? I'm blessed. Now give God one more praise, y'all. Thank you, Lord. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Come on, little weary soldier. Come on, little weary sister or brother pressing your way, working on your auxiliary. Come on, little praise team member or little drummer or musician or whatever way you, capacity you serve within the church. Galatians 6 and 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if what? Don't faint. Don't faint. Don't faint. Somebody right now, give somebody on your road just a little pat on the back, a little pat of encouragement right now. Come on, help me just to encourage them right now. Don't be weary. Don't be weary. Don't be weary. Don't give up. Don't be weary and well-doing for in due season we shall reap if what, y'all? Don't faint. Don't faint. Don't faint. Last scripture, and I promise I'm going to go too close. Hebrews 6 and 10. This is it. I promise this is it, y'all. One last scripture. Somebody said, I'm good. All right. Last scripture. We might get to then. For God is not what? To do what? You think nobody noticed you. Oh, God. Oh, shite. Woo, but you've been laying up some treasures in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, yanamashataya. You that have been investing on the hallelujah side. Oh, hallelujah. For God is not unrighteous. Woo, my, my, my. Everybody don't know the way to ministry. Oh, Shia. You know, all, all those Sunday school teachers. Hey, man, you've been teaching. There's been about two kids showing up in your class. God didn't forget about you. Hot time, oh, Shia. Oh, you that have been staying faithful. Faithful to ministry. You that don't come up here, like I said in the beginning, and you prop down like you were a judge in the courtroom, asking the church what the church can do for you. But you coming in here laboring alongside of those that come in here. God has not forgotten about you. You ought to be encouraged, child of God, on today. You to sing in the choir. You to work in the media room. Brother Najee, way back in the sound room, God knows you. He sees your faithfulness. Sister Michelle, 
Sunday school superintendent, God knows you. How, those that drive the bus, everybody else done gone home, gobbled up their dinner, and you just now getting home. God has not forgotten about you. Oh, Taya. Hey, Yashamosai. I told you in the beginning, you know, we got a, uh, 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 this, this is the Lord's work. And it's marvelous in it for the people. What does Elsa does say on there? Does it say somewhere? The people, then it's marvelous for the people. But doesn't it say somewhere the people had a mind to work? For the people, I don't know, somebody needs me. Did I just hope I didn't make that up? That's on there? For the people had a mind to work. I want to encourage every worker in the house today. Keep on working for Jesus. Work while it is yet day. The night comes. And no man is going to be able to work in that day. Don't you stop working. Don't you sit down on your post and take a seat and watch everybody and come in critiquing everything. I know you can find fault. You can find fault in anything. But if you stop looking for fault and looking for something and start looking for something that you can do. I guarantee you this house, this is a blessed house. We've seen God bless this house. This, this house has years of more blessings of the Lord to enjoy if the people would just continue to have a mind to work, which ye have showed toward in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Every head bowed right now. Father, Lord God, I have felt your anointing. Hato Shaba. On the word this morning. Haye. Father, this is more than me just being a, a, a cheerleader up here for agape today. I feel you, Lord, in the room, Lord, encouraging the workers, encouraging the body right now, encouraging those that labor, people that work behind cameras, Lord, people that teach Sunday school, people that come to night service, praise service leaders, Lord, musicians, Father, Lord, people that feel like that maybe nobody notices them at all, people that go to the nursing home, God, and other ministries, Lord. I, I'm sure, Lord God, in my mind, I've forgotten somebody, Lord. But I know you never forget. I pray that they would see the blessings upon the Lord of the Lord on their life, God. I pray that they wouldn't be weary and well doing. Aha, yeah, Lord. Ashaya. Let them know that they will reap in due season if they faint not in the name of Jesus. Now I'm gonna open up this altar right now. Come on, I'm gonna ask the ministers to come because I feel like there's somebody. They came into this place and you didn't have a whole lot of strength. My, 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 my. Maybe you've been at a breaking point in your ministry and you feel like, you know, but what I want to say is this, you felt like it was going to break you, but this, this breaking point is going to break you out into doing something even greater. My God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask you to come up here. And to get some prayer on today, Father, hallelujah. Anybody, I'm gonna, how about this right now? Amen, amen. But let me, actually, let me pause for a second. Um, let me pause for a second. I want to first off open up this altar to anybody under the sound of my voice who wants to join the winning team. My God, you want to get on this side where there's an irreversible blessing for the people of God? We got water to baptize you. You repent of your sins. And we have water here even today. We don't got no special Sunday. We baptize you, and we baptize you this morning in the name of Jesus. And all your sins can be washed away. You'll rise out of that water squeaky clean. My God, spiritually clean. And what do you do with a clean house? God wants to make his abode in there. He wants to abide with you, live on the inside of you. He'll fill you with his precious gift of the Holy Ghost. 
And in this church, we believe it happens just like the Bible says. You read about in Acts 2, uh, when they were up in that upper room in the book of Acts, and the Spirit of the Lord, amen, amen, the Spirit of the Lord gave them the utterance. They began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit of the Lord gave them a suddenly came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. Who knows what I'm talking about? Come on, somebody just testify by the wave of your hand. My God, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. On the day of Pentecost, they were all in one place. One, of course, suddenly came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. Cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave them the utterance. That same promise is unto you, you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So if there's one today that wants the gift of the Holy Ghost, the way that the Bible says, I ain't talking about something you just catch like a cold. Amen. And you all of a sudden, seven days later, you feel a little bit better. I'm talking about something that you know, would just abide on the inside of you. Amen. But now at this time, I'm going to open up this altar. I want all the workers, if you consider yourself a worker, I want you just to come down to this altar for me. If you just would be obedient right now. I don't know if you, if you just serve in a small capacity or a big one. Come on down to the altar. It won't kill you to get a little bit of prayer right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Sister, you pressed your way to church. Enemy try to keep you. He can't curse what God's blessed. <laughs> he tried it. I know how it is when kids don't. I got two little bitty ones of my own. I know how it is when they don't want to act right. And, you know, and stuff that can frustrate you. But God has, your, has his hand on you. He loves you. Amen. You get some prayer today. Come on, workers. Come on, workers. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, come on, willing workers, willing workers, willing workers, willing workers, willing workers. Come on, prayer warrior. You thought nobody noticed you coming to prayer. Thought nobody noticed you kneeling at your coffee table or going in your prayer closet and holding up people in prayer. Come on down to the altar. Ha ha, yeah, yeah, my chateau, see la nabata say. Lord God, breathe new strength into him, God. Aha, yeba Lord, I arrest every distracting spirit, Lord God. I come against every distraction, Lord God. Anything that would prevent them from being all that they need to be for you, Lord. God, I pray that they would labor, Lord God, cheerfully, Lord. Father, as they serve, Lord God, in whatever capacity, Lord, that they would do it with joy. Hey, God, I pray that you would refresh them, Lord God, in the Holy Ghost even right now as I pray. God, I hold up this church, Lord God. All of these willing vessels, God, that have come to the altar, Lord. Father, you see this service, God. Father, you see how many times that they felt maybe nobody noticed them, God. But you noticed them, God. Let them know that you're giving them strength, Lord. Let them feel your help right now. Let them know that they're well equipped to do whatever you've given them to do. Let them know that they're not just serving God. 
Lord, just serve him, Lord God, with, without any eternal gain. Uh, let them know the treasures that they're laying up, God. Uh, let them know that they'll reap if they don't faint, God. Uh, let them keep on laboring, Lord. Uh, let them keep on pressing on for you, God. Uh, and I pray you bless their lives, God. Uh, let them leave this place in understanding and knowing that they're blessed. Uh, and that there's an irreversible blessing on their lives, God, that can't nobody do nothing about, Lord. These we pray and ask these things in the name of Jesus. All the auxiliaries, Lord, of this church, God, let them be blessed. Sisters auxiliary, Lord God, the brotherhood, Lord God. High in the sound room, God, the musicians, God. Father, I pray, God, you know about disagreements, God, that can cause rifts in the, in the church sometimes, God. I, Father, Lord God, but we call it out today. Father, Lord God, let us work together, Lord God, as one body, Lord God, fitly joined together, Lord. I, help us to have unity, Lord, in a beautiful harmony, Lord God, that this church has experienced on many times before, God. I, Help it not to be about any just one of us, God. But help us, Lord God, to be considerate, Lord God, of how we fit into the whole, Lord. Let it be about kingdom building, God. Let us get back to the heart of worship, Lord, where it is all about you, Lord. Not about me. Not about us pushing our own agenda, Lord, and our own ministries, Lord, forward, Lord. But about building kingdom, God. We thank you, Father. We thank you. How many people want to be a part of kingdom building? How many want to be a part of kingdom building? In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, give God one more praise. Woo, my, 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 my. Come on, help me praise him. There's a city called heaven. City called heaven. City called heaven somewhere. Oh, I want to make it, won't you, to a city called heaven somewhere. There's a city called heaven. I can't hear y'all. Where y'all at? City called heaven somewhere. Oh, I want to make it, won't you, to us. Come on, put your hands together. There's a city called, there's a promised land. City called heaven. If you stay on the winning team, I want to make it, won't you? City called heaven somewhere. One more time, say a city called heaven. Where you at? Come on, willing worker. I want to make it. Help me to make it to a city called heaven somewhere. Come on. Well, put your hands together and help me give me praise. Put your hands together. Help me bless his name. Well, I want to make it. Help me to make it to a city called heaven somewhere. Come on, give God some praise for me. We about to go home. Go ahead and stand with me, y'all. Come on, get up off that pew. Come on, church. We going home, y'all. My God, hallelujah. Come on, church. Well, if the Lord's done.
something for you. If the Lord's done something for you. Well, if the Lord's done something for you. If the Lord's done something for you. You oughta. You oughta. You oughta. You oughta. you go. I just feel a praise in the house. My God, I was sitting here thinking, bring it down just a little bit, just a little bit, bring it down. Y'all, I was sitting here thinking, I didn't gave, gave the Lord, I got saved when I was 16. I gave him part of my teenage years. I gave the Lord my 20s. And I don't have one regret. I'm shite. Oh, I gave him my 30s. My God, I gave, I gave this church my 30s and my 20s. My God, working for the Lord. I don't regret it. I don't have one regret, y'all. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that I haven't wasted my years, y'all. Hallelujah. My God. Now that I'm in the 40s, I'm so glad that I'm still here working for the Lord. My God, you can't beat God's giving. I'm blessed. Yes, he is. 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 Yes, he 
put your hands together. Come on, workers. Come on, praisers. My God. 